Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Pastor's Cut podcast. This is the podcast recording for the week of Sunday, March 12th, 2023. My goodness, we're already in March, and we're looking ahead to spring break, and we just had a bunch of tornadoes roll through. Fun weather times. Woo! (laughs) Welcome to Oklahoma. Yes, yes. So... Um, Brad, speaking of crazy weather, it seemed like, at least for our part of the country, it was a little anticlimactic. Did you guys have anything crazy happen nah, from your home? We had wind. That's about it. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure we even had a lot of rain. I think I heard it hit the roof a couple of times, but it wasn't like any big deal. Yeah, the, there wasn't a lot of rain at our house either. I know Oklahoma City folks, they, they got hit a little harder, and so certainly we're praying for them and, and hoping they're doing well. I love that about Oklahoma. You never know what you're going to get. Uh-uh. It could be snowing next week, and I hear we're going to be—I hear we're going to have cold weather this weekend. So, are we really? Okay. Yes, I, I haven't been keeping track. So, yeah, another cold front's supposed to roll through. So, I yay. pretty much until about mid-April, I just—I roll with like a a rain jacket and a winter coat in the car at all times because you just—you just don't know. And that's fair. My mom has, you know, photo albums from back in the day. Mm-hmm. This is how they were. They're black and white pictures. I mean, they didn't have color photography at that point. Right. And you had to send it off to the Kodak people, and they would print your pictures and send it back to you in the mail. And there were little dates on the pictures, and they had these little, anyways, very old stuff. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she had one date, uh, and on the picture it was March, March, March 3rd or something like that. And it was my brother and I out in the yard with our trucks playing in the dirt, you know, in short sleeves. And sh- I don't know, she even had shirts on. Maybe not mm. shorts, but mm-hmm. it was obviously warm weather. And then like a week later, the next date was like March 9th. And we were standing in the exact same spot with our trucks and about a foot of snow. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, okay, spring has not come officially yet. And I remember one February in Phoenix when I was a child where it hit a hundred degrees. Yeah, February. February. That was that's that's Phoenix. So, sunshine, lots and lots and lots of sunshine all the time. But we're not talking about Phoenix or Oklahoma weather. We're talking about um, what's going to be coming up in sermon series. And so, this will be for week two of how to be a mediocre Christian. Through the series, Darren is going to be exploring what does it mean to be an average Christian, and who really wants to be average? And so in the middle of all of that, chewing on what does it mean to be average, what is it, how do you define average, what does that look like, he's looking at some passages that really go against the grain of being an average Christian or being a mediocre Christian. And so one of those passages happens to be Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'll go ahead and read just the two verses that, that he'll be looking at for that week. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. 
As I look at that passage, there, there's a lot of things that could stand out. If I were teaching this from a community group perspective, I probably actually would park uh, on the first word in, in Romans 12. Anytime there's a therefore, that's usually a clue in, in the New Testament that whatever is there, it, it's referencing something that was before it, and so I automatically go back there and look at what's before. The immediate passage before that actually happens to be a moment of praise. Paul is so excited and so caught up in, in the middle of describing what is salvation and who gets to be impacted by salvation and how much salvation really affects everyone around us that he bursts out into a moment of praise or a moment of worship. And he says, Oh, the depths and riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments, untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor and who has given to God that he should be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so in light of that moment of him just reflecting on, on the, the, the depth and riches of who God is, he says, in view of the mercies of God. And so there's something about the depth and the riches of God and the mercies of God that connect together. And I might even just throw out that question if I were teaching this. What do you understand as, as the mercies of God? What do you, how does that compare to the riches of God? How do the two connect together? Let's talk about that for a minute. And if that's too deep, then maybe just start out by saying, okay, how do we get mercy? What is that? What does that look like? And so start chewing on that and talking through that to go from there. And then Paul says kind of an interesting phrase, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's, that's an interesting thing that we don't think about in modern day. You've if you've been around church for long, you've probably heard enough sermons uh, about, about the altar and going before God and, and how so many times in Jewish culture people would, would bring a sacrifice annually to God and they'd be sacrificed on the altar, but Paul doesn't say bring a sacrifice. He says present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And so that's kind of a different image, kind of a different connotation there. And that all wrapped around worship or getting reconciled to God, being made whole to God, Another interesting point you might talk about, okay, if Jesus already died on the cross for mercy, for forgiveness of sins, how does that relate to then we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, we're, we're going back to the altar? What does that mean? What does that deal with? And so on that point, I want to invite Brad, who's in the studio with me. It's just me and Brad today. Say hi to all of our friends, Brad. Hi, friends. Brad, what, what do you think about that, uh, about Jesus died on the cross? He took care of our sins once and for all through the cross, and so because of God's mercy, we're right standing with God. And then Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What's he talking about there? I think that's our role, and I really, and this sounds a little bit drastic, they may be our only role in the salvation process. Is okay, that, that we that. that we die to self mm -hmm. and allow Jesus' life to now be our life. That really, to me, is, is I hate to say the phrase, that's all there is to it, but simply it is. Yes. That is our role in that process, is to continually, not just, well, once and for all, and then every day to follow, is dying to self and letting his life be our life. That is the whole point of Christianity, mm -hmm. uh, is to not try to be God ourselves which is our natural bent. That's since man was created, actually. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, since Genesis chapter three. I, mean, we I want to be put in charge. In the position of yeah. God, we wanted to to have the yeah. the knowledge and wisdom, and to judge and discern what's right and what's wrong, mm-hmm. and yeah, the knowledge and, of good and evil. And yes, yeah, the first murder, you know, was righteous indignation. You know, he he got something I didn't get. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. 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 So uh, yeah, I think that's for me. That's it. That's that's um, that's why I love Galatians two twenty. That's that's you know. That's kind of the thing, you know. It's dying to self, and yes. there's there's that chapter in Romans, was it chapter six, I think, like the first twenty three or twenty four verses, is like Paul keeps saying. Something he describes death, and it's always talking about the spiritual death that we are to undergo in order for Christ's life to shine through us. Mm-hmm. He makes a point. It's not just I mentioned it once, and now theology is built on this. It's the entire stinking chapter, you know. <laughs> like, it is. It, here's it's, the it's, point. <laughs> I always think of Romans six as as like this zombie apocalypse like moment where where Paul is talking about how people try and walk around with sin, but should we do that? No, because Jesus died, and if 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 Jesus died on the cross and we're following Jesus, our lives are hidden with Him. Therefore, even though with sin comes death. Jesus died to that already, and so now Jesus is alive in you. Your your life is now hidden in His. You shouldn't be walking around in this way. And, and that's the same image pulling forward to Romans 12 that Paul's addressing here, where, where Paul is is very much so talking about, okay, if you've died to your sins, if you've allowed, if you've sacrificed yourself, if you've said yes to Jesus, Jesus already took care of the sins. Jesus was the sacrifice for sin, but now you have an obligation or a responsibility. I think it's important also, because I've heard several people in my circle of friends and contacts who are not Christian or have an issue with Christianity, and mm-hmm. they use the phrase, well, Paul invented Christianity. I've heard that more than once, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, he explained it really well, but he did not invent it. This was not his concept of what Christianity should be. This was given to him by the Holy Spirit. You know, and this was this is, and it 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 bears the test of time as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just hey, here's try this and see if it works. It is the only way that Christianity works. Yes, and we've tried to make it work a thousand different ways over the over the millennia, and and we just it just always falls short of dying to self and let Christ, who is the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what He is. If he gets to be that in us, then we have successfully led the Christian life. Yes. But he is the only one who could do that. We can't successfully live the Christian life ourselves. That's not even possible. Yes. You know, it's anyway, so. it's not something we can do on our own. And, and that's no. even the point. No, of, not at of, all. <laughs> that's even the point of the Beatitudes and, and going through the Sermon on the Mount where or where Jesus goes again and again and again, saying, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. If we could do it ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. But we can't. That's the point. Yes, exactly. So and why, why do we try? God's, God, God's <laughs> grace is so rich. His mercy is so grand. We certainly He's demonstrated incredible love for us in, yeah. in pouring out himself. You know why? Because we like to think we're doing something, and we like to measure things Yes. as human beings. If I do X, Y, and Z, then A, B, and C will happen. The Pharisees 
and that's, we're bad guys in the sense that we're all we're all that way. That's human nature. We we want to measure it ourselves. We want to have some sense of justification where we can walk away at the end of the day and say, okay, I did something. I I can I I can prove that I'm I'm worth this. And maybe that's where Darren's going to go. I don't know. I haven't talked to him yet, so I don't know where he's going with this message. But maybe he'll talk about a good being a mediocre Christian means that you get to measure yourself based on doing fifty thousand things. And really, there's only one thing that we're called to do. That is to continually remind ourselves, Jesus died for us. Our life is now hidden in him. We daily surrender, maybe even hourly or minute by minute, re-surrender our lives to him so that he can live through us and we don't live ourselves. I had a guy explain this once to me, and, I, and I, he's passed away now, but it made sense to me. Not that I have ascertained that I can actually do it, but he said... That, you know there are, there are, there are hours that he goes by and he doesn't hear the voice of god you know directing him mm-hmm. but there are, there are days that it's it literally is a minute by minute thing as 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 silly as it is we might think on how to pick up a pencil or i mean if you're that dialed into god's voice and god speaking to you and he still does speak i believe i don't mm-hmm. i don't think that's a he spoke once and wrote it in the bible and now we just have to read the bible and that's god's word god's word this is a little controversial god's word is bigger than the bible if the bible did not exist god's word still would mhm now that's a little bit of a concept for some people to swallow because i mean i'm not saying that the Bible is not God's word. I'm not saying that at all. I'm trying to clarify what I'm saying here. God's this, word is God's word, and right. it existed before the Bible existed. Right. You know, that word created everything we know. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to go to the Bible to do that. He he said it. You know. Anyway. Yes, I fully that, agree. That with has you nothing to do with Romans twelve. But <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was chasing a wrap it there. That's all right. That's all right. So that leads us into another idea that is, ah, gosh, young adults ponder this. Adults ponder this for for much of their lives, going on into the next verse in verse 2. Do not be conformed to to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. How do you know the will of God? How do you know the will of God for your life? How do you know you're in the center of God's will? And I think some of us, we like to measure that by our own standards. We like to try and, and create uh, a checklist of do's and don'ts. And, and maybe Darren will even pull that checklist out again and say, it's so easy for us as Christians to fall back into old routines where we're saying, okay, did we pray about it? Did we talk to all of our spiritual advisors about it? Then clearly we must be in God's will. So you, we create these checklists and that's enough. Or we can justify in our own minds and think through, well, okay, I, we were flirting with sin or we're flirting with other ideas, and we say, well, I don't have any checks in my spirit, so I'm just going to go do this, and I see a bunch of other people doing it, and it's not as anywhere near as bad as anybody else, so therefore, I'm good, hey, that's great. But that's clearly not what Paul is saying here. The Greek word, I'll pull out a Greek word, the Greek word for the day is metamorpho. Metamorpho. That sounds like metamorphosis, doesn't it? Yes. Because okay. that's exactly where it is. Okay, there you it's go. it's the Greek word that we get metamorphosis from. It, it means changing from one thing to something that is of a completely different substance, and and so Paul 
uses that image to, to very clearly convey you don't don't let your mind be molded by other external forces around you. Instead, let God completely transform you from the inside out. God wants to change us. He wants to change the way we think, the way we process things. Instead of letting other influences guide or shape the way we think or the way we look at things, the way we look at approaching Him, the way we look at worshiping Him, we're to go to Him and allow Him to transform us. And that transformation comes in large part because of verse 1, because we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We intentionally go to God and position ourselves in a place where He's in control. We're not in control anymore. There's only one person who's ever led the successful Christian life. <laughs> and he died. He, yeah. <laughs> he and, died. And, and, so and It wasn't easy. Um, and that's, his, that's still his role. By mm -hmm. the way, I think. So, anyway. He is the living intercessor, constantly yeah. praying for us and interceding on our behalf for, for our sins and making amends for those things and praying that, that we might even learn more how to walk with God in the middle of this journey. Uh, there's a great book on, on these two verses that I read years ago that I highly recommend. Uh, it's by Greg Boyd. It is, now, now the title is escaping me, it is... Um, something about judging. I'm going to look it up here really quick. While we're doing that, um, Brad, what else do you see from this passage? Is there anything else that you see that stands out? But it is, it is our role in the Christian walk is to submit, die, get ourselves out of the way. Mm-hmm walk in his life, let his life rule through us. All those phrases that have great and deep meaning, I, th I think they are often brushed over because mm -hmm. we hear them a lot and we don't really discuss them or explore them. We just kind of go, yeah, I need to you know, let Jesus live through me. Mm -hmm. Well, you're, that's not wrong at all. Obviously, it's, it's very correct. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we just stop right there. <laughs> so what's that look like? You know, as Dave says, unpack that for me. Yes. Yes. And what that looks like is starting with me daily getting up in the morning and going, you know, today, uh, whew, put down my agendas, mm -hmm. put down my wants and my desires, and and what does God want me to do? Mm -hmm. And and I think. Uh, uh, this is also a quote that I heard from a guy that I really respected theologically. He said something to the effect of, I'm not sure God is quite as concerned about whether I turn right or turn left at the intersection as he is, I'm willing to listen. You know, so when I get to those decisions that I have to make on an hourly or a minute by minute basis, am I checking in every time I have a decision to make? Mm -hmm. You know, my, my desire to follow God is often more important than my appearance of what that looks like when I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he honors the heart. Yes. You know? Yes. So. so the book, for those that are curious, is Repenting of Religion by Greg Boyd. It's, it's a really good book that, that really traces through <laughs> it's our... It's a great title. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Boyd is good for great titles, but he's also good for really deep thoughts. And he's wrestling with this idea of 
the altar of God, that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice before, what happens on the altar of God, that, that ultimately God is the judge. The, the, if you look at the altar, if you look at the Old Testament imagery of it, there's, there's this throne, there's the mercy seat where supposedly God's presence sits, and God's supposed to sit as judge. But if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, we like to place ourselves as the judge. From the very beginning, we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to discern or to judge for ourselves what was right and what was wrong, what was good and what was evil. And one of the biggest issues that we have as humans is we judge everything around us. We like to act as our own judges of what's good and what's bad. And we're called not to judge what's good and bad, not to act as our own judge or act as our own God, but to place God at the center, to place ourselves before God and let God guide our lives and direct our lives. It's a phenomenal book. Highly recommend it. You probably won't be able to read the entire thing before you get to this lesson, but it's maybe could inspire a couple of good talking points for you. Um, Not that God doesn't have rules. Yes. I mean, and so, there, there's that side of things, too, when people go, ah, I, can't. I am free. Woohoo! I'm free. I can do whatever. I... No, 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 no. There are absolutes. Yes. You know, and that is a don't. <laughs> that is a significant don't. There are several, because, several don'ts. Just because God's grace is sufficient, that doesn't give us a free pass to sin and to go do whatever we want to do. Yeah. We're still called to live in obedience with God, which is why, then you read on from in Romans 12, he goes on and he starts talking, he talks about the body and spiritual gifts, and then he talks about how we need to live out our lives in view of God's mercy. It's like that old joke the doctor says, Here's, I'm going to put you on a diet. The guy goes, oh, but it's a diet where you can eat anything you want. And the guy goes, oh, really? He goes, and here's a list of what you're going to want. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Brad and the dad jokes, folks. Brad's always good to bring those dad jokes around the office. Hey, um, one more question that I'm going to throw out there that there's no answer to. Um, it's just part of this. Brad and I were talking right before we started recording uh, about something that someone said in, in orchestra a few weeks ago that has stirred a significant debate that Brad is trying to put out the fire for right now. Is worship just music? Wow. I didn't know where we were going there. Okay. Um, no, worship is not just music. Can worship be music? Yes. Can well, I had someone smart tell me once that all music worships something. Yes. And I was like, I don't agree with that as a musician. And then as I got older, I'm like, you know, I think they're right. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's probably, if it's just idle music for beauty's sake, maybe it's worshiping beauty, which is, you know, anyway. It's yeah, it's, they're, it's they're, a form of art. It, it's it a form be, of art, yeah. It, but it it's... can be something, but is that enough? And so I'll, I'll go back to quoting Glenn Kaiser from the Res Band from years and years ago. <laughs> um, since the, the Jesus yeah. Revolution movie's out, we'll, we'll, we'll pull out some, some okay. good old Jesus hippies. In, in the 1970s, Glenn Kaiser said that we're, we're called to be a lover of God first, a lover of worship second, or, mm -hmm. and a lover of music third. Yeah. That, that we're called to, to love God. Can we, to worship God yeah. out of our response to loving Him, and then music fits in there a little later on down the, down the field. But that's hard for us as musicians. We want to we want to have music be the center of everything because music that, moves the soul. It that's stirs our, us, and that's our language too. Yes, I mean, it's, if you've ever been to a different country and tried to worship in a foreign language, 
you know, like all the words on the screen were in Portuguese, and you're like, I don't speak the language yet. Mm-hmm. It's not comfortable. So our comfort zone as musicians is I express my love for God through music. Yes. But if I have to have music in order to express my love to God, then I have created an idol. Yes. And I think that's all on that list of don'ts, as I recall. I believe so, too. You shall have yes. no other that may images. Be, that may be part me. of the Big Ten. Yeah, I think so. So, so anyway, don't do that. Some Lots of good ideas for conversations to float around. I'm writing the Pastor's Cut this week as well, and so you'll be seeing that come out in a couple of days. But if you do have any questions about this passage or about some other ideas for discussion beyond the Pastor's Cut, feel free to reach out to me. As we wrap up today, I want to pray that, that you guys have a great time in conversation in your community groups, that there's a lot of really good discussion over just these two verses, because there's so much meat in just two simple verses. Uh, I pray as you go that the Lord would bless you and keep you, that God would cause His face to shine upon you, and He would grant you peace. Amen? Amen. All right. See you later, my friends. (laughs) 